Please stand for the reading of God's word. The first reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. For though we walk in in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of, of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments in every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as a church is complete. The second reading is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things, center your mind on them, and implant them in your heart. And the final reading is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 5-9. through 9. For they willingly forget the fact that the heavens existed long ago by the word of God, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at the time was destroyed by being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, being cut for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act, and is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to, to repentance. Please be seated. Okay. Hey, there. Yay. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so this morning, uh, as Pastor Dan's already mentioned, we're looking at uh, going through, sorry, breakthrough prayers. And, uh, of course, I need to take a little bit of a moment to... Um, express my appreciation and thankfulness to Pastor Dan and Pastor John just for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit. And uh, especially with that last video that we saw on identity, I know if you've been here before, we've watched that a few times, but in looking at that, I was like, okay, that's like 90% of my sermon right there, sets of music, awesome lyrics, and but I'm going to share. Anyway, uh, I did a little bit of a twist with the, not so much a twist, but anyway, um, I entitle it The Power of Breakthrough Prayers, because uh, I think that there's just really to emphasize that when we consider breakthrough prayers, um, the, the whole imp- the, the thing of a breakthrough is kind of implicit that it's a difficult battle. 
that the, the way I read it, the way I see it in Scripture, um, you can view it as coming against a stronghold. That's a rather Christianese term. But if you think of like going against a walled city, going against a uh, castle type of a thing. And it takes some resources. You need to have some strategy. You need to have things thought out. You need to have things planned out. And so therefore, breakthrough prayers, that's God's design. There are things we will be looking at in Scripture, some principles, some, gener- some dynamics that God has given us in his word that we as Christians, as his children, can employ to be strategic in our battle against these strongholds, against these fortified cities, so to speak, that exist within our souls, minds, hearts, however you want to break that down. Um, If you look at the Old Testament in a very generalized sense, I think there's a lot of room for analogy with the nation of Israel. They come out of slavery, and the, the... of course, they crossed the Red Sea. Absolutely miraculous, right? God parts the water. The whole nation walks through, and the water comes crushing down on the whole Egyptian army, destroying their enemies that were pursuing them. However, shortly then, they wind up getting to Jericho. Actually, well, before they get into the Promised Land. I got myself way ahead. Sorry. They send spies out. And if you're familiar with that, basically, the spies come back, and most of them are saying, forget about it. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to work. There's giants in the land. There's a lot of walled cities. We just can't work this thing out. And we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. And a lot of times when we consider different things that we, basically, a stronghold can be something that we're perpetually running up against. Something, a, a character shortcoming, a, like, why am I always stuck in this particular sin? And we can let the enemy play head games to where we can adopt that same type of defeatist mentality. Like, okay, this is just impossible, and this thing is like a giant, and I'm just so small compared to this particular thing. But now, going back to when Joshua a whole generation later, because of they believed the report of the eight that was like, we can't do this. The whole nation was like, oh, yeah, okay, we can't, we can't, we can't. And God said, fine, that whole generation is not going to be going into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb, had, they were the two spies that had the different report. They said, no, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it. So they go in, and they actually conquer Jericho by God's design, by God's plan. And it would seem complete foolishness in the natural so anyway, all those things are just basically setting a little bit of a, a scope and a, and a framework for how, I, how Scripture looks at these things of these strongholds. And we can look at some of the, um, again, I'm going to share just some generalizations, some things that um, we have. A lot of times there's particular lies or sets of lies that we can fall into. Yeah, okay. Um, so, so there's some common ones. Uh, For instance, those who fail are unworthy of love and deserve to be blamed and condemned. Now, whether we're adopting that perspective outwards towards others, or we can even have that towards ourselves. Oh, well, I failed, and I, I just, I'm not worthy. I messed up again. So anyway, there's this blame game thing that's going on. And Scripture is very clear that 
you know, that we need to be able to shoulder the responsibility that God has called us and equipped us to be able to not only accept responsibility, but to be able to extend grace and forgiveness towards others. In 1 John 4, 9 through 11, it reads, By this love, by the love of God, it was manifested in us that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So uh, again, we, we need to be able to extend the same way we re- we've received grace, the way, same way we've received mercy and forgiveness. We need to be able to extend that to others and not be trying to sidestep our own shortcomings with the blame game. And the next one, we must succeed to maintain our identity, security, and the acceptance of particular people, a certain person, group people, whatever. And there's kind of two dynamics that are at work in that, both the performance trap and the approval addict. Performance is that I've just got to succeed. I've got to be good. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, because it's just, I have to. We get so wrapped up, and a lot of these really come down to our identity, which was, again, why I think that video just so powerfully packaged a core principle to it. What do we believe of ourselves? Are we buying into lies of the enemy? Or are we turning to scripture and saying, what does God say about me? So anyway, must succeed to maintain our identity, security, and the acceptance of. And so, you know, we're, we're striving for, um, we're, a lot of times we get wrapped up in this feeling of insecurity. Well, if they really knew this, then they wouldn't accept me. So I have to overcompensate in this other area to gain their acceptance, to gain their approval. Because if I can't be accepted, then I, I just, I, I, I don't know what I'll do. I, I'll feel like nothing. And so, you know, time and time again as we go through this, the, the steady theme is, well, no, wait, what is, never mind that, what does God say? What does God say about me? Where is my identity? What does God say about how I'm forgiven? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Another one is the, uh, the aspect of shame. I'm too far gone. I can't change. It's no use. I'm just, there's no hope for me. All of those and again, they're generalizations, but all, all of those are common lies the enemy tries to throw in our head to keep us our own mental tape, to just keep going and going and going. And they, they just keep us chained because we're buying into the lies of the enemy rather than taking a stand that God's given us the power and authority through the Holy Spirit. We can take a stand, and Romans 12.2 talks about the renewing of your mind, washing of the water of the word. So these are things that we um, need to be able to really grab a hold of and trust God and allow God to bring us into a better place, into a healthier place, to mature us in our own walk with the Lord. With uh, shame, I'll read, uh, got a verse here, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He being God made him Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him, God in Christ. And there, there's a lot of scriptures that I won't be going into, but I would really encourage you. There's a lot of resources too. I was kind of uh, talking with both Pastor Dan and Pastor John. Um, this, this whole arena of um, taking scripture and standing against and trying to clean my own mind of the lies of the enemy, of the things that, that I, I just have allowed to 
have an improper place within my heart that I've wrongly allowed to shape or me to be fooled into thinking this is the way I am. This is the way I'll always be. It's something that just really resonates with me. I, I've, God's brought me a long way. There's still more to go. But anyway, all that to say that as I was getting ready for the sermon, uh, I was excited about it because it is something that, that really appeals to me. But yet, in the same sense, I was like, how can I condense? Like, I have, like, literally books. Christ, you know, they're Christian, tons of scripture, everything like that, that deal with this thing. How do I condense it down? So, anyway. Um, and I'll just share two other verses that relates all three of these categories. Um, Proverbs 16.25, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is death. Ephesians 4.22 and 24, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust and deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. What truth are we standing on? Are we standing on the truths found in the Word of God? Or are we allowing that negative mental audio tape to just keep playing in our mind? And again, with the video that we saw just a few moments ago, it comes back to identity. Now, that's the old, that's the old nature. I'm, I'm not going to make excuses. That's in the past. I've been redeemed, and I need to, you know, it, it, when I make a mistake, I need to own it. I need to make amends. But that's just what it is. It's the old self. And I'm going to pursue righteousness that God's called me to. One of the um, important dynamics with this whole process is the issue of forgiveness. And there's, there's a few different angles and a few, couple different things I want to touch on with forgiveness. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, 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 as we're growing in Christ... When God brings a sin before us, we need to repent the sin. We need to receive God's forgiveness. Recognize that God really has forgiven you for that. We need to extend forgiveness towards others. And especially when it comes to strongholds, there's a few different avenues, and in a couple slides we'll get to that, where these, these things get fortified within our being. The, the avenues where we find ourselves perpetually tripping up, they're, they're fortified within our being, um, and a lot of times it's through some significant hurts in our past. And I realized to say, well, we need to express forgiveness towards those who have hurt us. In those extreme situations, that is a very tall order. That's a difficult task. I know. I, I've experienced a whole lot myself. But nonetheless, the word of God is true. And if we want to embrace and, and mature in Christ and experience his freedom... And forgiveness and cleansing, we need to extend forgiveness towards others. We must also ask or seek forgiveness when we know somebody is offended with us. Again, a difficult one. Uh, continuing on. Of course, our posture needs to be forgiving with sincerity of heart and as often as necessary. We must learn to forgive ourselves, even as God in Christ has forgiven us. A lot of times that can be a difficult thing. We, we just get so hung up on our mistakes of the past and we're not willing to let ourselves off the hook, basically. That, that we just get chained into thinking that this thing, well, this is just isn't going to change. It's my own fault, and that's the way I'm going to be. Again, going back all to this, these negative things of identity. And God promises to work through us and honor our obedience as we forgive. And again, several scriptures for that. Um, going on, just give a 
quick little kind of humorous, hopefully, anyway, analogy with the way that these, these lies, these things that we um, wrongly identify with, these avenues of attack for the enemy. Um, I was a freshman in college, and this happened in January when we, everybody just got back from break, and my, uh, I got a, uh, one of those calendars, day by day, you peel off, and it was themed on the Far Side comic strip. Um, if you're not familiar with Farside, they're uh, they're they're kind of there's there's they have puns in there. They're kind of sarcastic, and they're I, I just I just enjoy them. And so I had this whole 365 day calendar. I hadn't torn any of them off, even though we were you know in the there's still single digits, but early part of January. And my buddy comes over. It was it was late um, in the evening. It was just starting to get dark, and I had it sitting on this little dresser type of thing. There was a light right above it, and so didn't have a whole lot to do. So he's like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So we both, basically, we both stood together, and we're going through, laughing, going through, going through, going through. We went through all 365 days. We were bored, didn't have anything to do, and just enjoying ourselves. So, okay, that, that took, uh, I don't know, maybe two hours, something like that. And we're like, all right, well, let's go over and see, you know. And this was freshman, so it's dorms and, you know, a long hallway, and the whole thing was built out of concrete, almost more like a cell. Than, anyway, so we go out in the hall, and we were both flabbergasted because while we were in the room, somebody painted the hall, the whole hall. There was no drips on the floor. There was no carpets. There were, or, I mean, no drop cloths. There was no wet paint. And we're, like, touching the wall, and we're, like, it's dry, but we were only, and there was a couple other kids that were like down the hall, and they're like staring at us like, what are you guys on? We're like, the walls are green. They're like, no, they're, no, they're green. Well, okay, let the cat out of the bag. I'll rewind it a little bit. That light that was above the desk, and this is January, it was dark early, it was a red light bulb. We spent two hours reading Farside Comics with the only light in the room being a red light. So if you know much about how I and your everything works, basically everything became green when we walked out the door. And we were like, we didn't even realize what was going on. So we're absolutely convinced that the walls are painted green. And everybody's like, you're on drugs. You're so seriously on drugs. Can we have some? It was a secular college. But anyway, and it wasn't until we went outside, all the snow was green. <laughs> that became the light bulb moment. But initially, it was like, how did you get this much food color? And why would anybody do a practical joke that pointless to make all the snow green? We were young and slow. But in a similar way, now this really does tie in, in a similar way, um, because of some of the dynamics, I guess you can go with the next slide, please. These strongholds can be rooted in one or more of these, again, they're kind of general areas, and these become the building blocks, these become the avenues for the enemy to basically get really entrenched and for have us adopt these things really as being part of our identity. And we're absolutely convinced, the same way I was, both my friend and I, we were absolutely sure the walls had been painted green. We knew that we knew that we knew. Some of these things are through sins of the fathers and curses, um, ancestral type of things. Sometimes you can look at, you know, whether it be in your own family or another family that you know, clo- that you know closely, there is just like there, there's maybe divorce. 
It just so goes through the family chain. Alcoholism, um, perfectionism, there, there's any of those types of things can, in a very real spiritual sense, be passed on from one generation to the next. Ungodly beliefs. And again, that gets to the negative self-talk. Um, there's just things that absolutely do not stand the test of what the scriptures say about me. I'm always going to be a loser. There, there's, I'm never going to get a good job. I'm never da, 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 that completely oppose everything that God has in his word, but we just so tenaciously hold on to these things. Soul, spirit hurts. Yeah, there's another one that I referenced. There, <laughs> we live in a fallen world. Messed up things happen. God's heart is grieved. God desires healing. God can absolutely bring it to you, but a lot of times these soul and spirit hurts provide a, 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 an extra avenue of like an anchor pulling us down for the enemy and demonic oppression. Basically those, uh, and just to give a, a little caveat, um, we're certainly not saying possession. There's a difference between possession and oppression. Once as a saved believer born again, there is absolutely no way that the enemy is able to come in and completely like, you know, control and take over. No, you've been redeemed. However, there are, there, there's, God is just and there is a spiritual legality and consequences of things. And so there can be avenues where we, knowingly or unknowingly, if you've been involved with the occult, or if you're um, just one or two generations back have been heavily involved with the occult, that really opens up some powerful negative doors for the enemy to have inroads into your life. Now, of course, God is bigger, and God can bring the breakthrough, which is what we're talking about. So those are some, uh, um, there's, I got these things from a ministry which is called Restore the Foundations, uh, RTF. And there's, like I said, it's, it's a big book. It's an awesome ministry. Kim and I have been involved with that. Uh, there's chur- churches in the area that offer that type of ministry. Um, so, and I just encourage you to um, avail yourself of that. And just mainly, again, to, to recognize that these things are at work. These are the, the main avenues for the enemy to bring assault against us. And the next one, please. All right, so as we're growing, we can get hung up with obstacles as we're growing. Because, um, you know, we're, we're talking and hopefully, you know, taking some notes, grabbing on to some things here. And as you now begin to walk this out and really pray, precision prayers, stand on scriptures, all those things, there's some obstacles that can come your way. Sometimes we have the wrong motives. We get looking into, um, we, we basically can get this whole self-improvement thing and have that become our focus. Scripture is very clear. The, the first and foremost commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Love God. But we can get caught up into the, like, this measuring ourselves. How much time did I spend praying? Am I more like Christ today? Am I da, 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 da? We have all these things that we get caught up into rather than just saying, okay, God, I need more of you. I'm going to spend time in your word because I know you've got a plan and purpose for me. I know you love me, and you desire to set me free, so let me find out what truth you have. Uh, another one is too mechanical. Okay, well, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And it's just... Um, you know, we get tasked. They're kind of similar in that, but anyway, we become too mechanical. Uh, on the flip side of it, we can also get hurdled, get stuck with being too mystical. 
by mystical, I mean that we get into, okay, I'm going to go up to the, the, I'm going to go up for prayer, and there's prayer, altar ministry up here, I'm going to get prayer, and, oh wait, I didn't get goosebumps this time when I was prayed for. Oh, well, apparently they weren't praying in tongues enough before service, so we just get all all loosey-goosey feeling oriented. We just want to respond to like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I had that one feeling that one time when I went up for prayer, and it was so awesome, and I, and I need to feel that way again. So we can get too, too crazy with our theology. God's not um, designed us or called us to have our life lived on the whims of emotions. Faith needs to have action. We don't have to pray, open up our sock drawer, Lord, lead me, which pair of socks should I put on? God's given you a brain. So anyway. Um, fourthly, we lack proper understanding. We can, um, again, it's, it comes back to our identity. What does Scripture say? Uh, a big part of why I absolutely love, and, and I'm so glad that God brought Kim and I to this church, is because Steel City is so relational. We just love each other or no, I mean, we haven't been here well it's about a year now but anyway and it's just like open arms and the fellowship and the life groups and all these things and that's the avenue for me and for us as believers to grow we're able to have that iron sharpens iron thing um, we lack proper understanding when if we're again I mentioned about the whole um, forgiveness are we really repenting of things with the proper biblical attitude? And uh, another one is that we harbor ongoing sin. A lot of times we can just kind of like, you know, oh, well, that's just a small thing. We can excuse, sidetrack, and there, 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 any type of sin... God's called us to leave behind, to set back. Not to make excuses for it, not to say, well, it's just a little thing. Because when it comes to this area of getting a breakthrough and, and dismantling these strongholds that have been bouncing us around, we need to be aggressive. There needs to be no compromise in that warfare, in that battle. So I put together a couple of slides just on to, to maybe give a, a little bit more of a framework on this. So you encounter a situation, and a lot of times we just kind of buy, buy our own, and I'll put both hands in the air. I just think that I go from a situation right to emotion and action. There's this thing, I feel this kind of way about it, and I respond. Well, really, there's a couple things that go on before that. And then this top line is before salvation. We've got a lot of wrong beliefs. Those wrong beliefs basically yield to a lot of ungodly thoughts that are going on. Now, those things influence our emotions and result in ungodly actions. Now, the lower line, God's calling us to embrace his truth so that we can have godly thoughts. And those things will, you know, we still have emotions. And there's nothing wrong with emotions. The Bible says you can be angry and sin not. And it, but the result is still godly actions. Now, the next one, these, that, that arena right there where we kind of want to just mentally just jump over sometimes, that's really where 
the, the battlefield and all the reinforcement and everything like that is going on in our mind, in our hearts, those things are reinforced repeatedly. Repeatedly. And all the negative self-talk, it's going to take time and work and effort to basically reprogram yourself to embrace the Word of God, to accept His truth, to really believe that of yourself. And I would encourage you uh, to, to get three-by-five cards. Write scriptures out on them. Put them on the refrigerator, in your bedroom, in the bathroom, wherever you need to put them so that you have the Word of God, have His promises, have His truth before you. Say them out loud. Because, again, hearing yourself speak the truths of the Word of God will begin to change that. And the next one, yeah, because a lot of times we want to jump right to our emotions, and then on the fallout of our emotions and the ungodly actions, it just reinforces on the negative side, reinforces our false beliefs. Well, I got angry again. I blew it. See, I'm, just, it's, I'm Irish. It's just the way I am. Da, 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 da. And I'm not trying to pick on that. That was just one that was... Anyway, <laughs> so we need to prayerfully ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the core lie and the false belief. And then to re- replace it by God's truth. Uh, next one, I think there's... Oh, yes, okay, another simple little... Uh, well, anyway. Love and respect. A lot of times those two things play off each other. And I'm borrowing this from a, uh, a book that I have. It's, uh, the book is titled Love and Respect. I apologize, I don't have it in my notes. I'm blanking on the author's name. But anyway... Basically, you can use an on-ramp anywhere in this, but I'm just going to go with the, the, the person A. And for ease of conversation, let's say that it's the mom. And she tells her, son, you need to clean your room. That, 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 that's a reasonable request. But the son might receive that as being unloving. And so then he can react kind of in turn and she'll interpret that as he's disrespecting me. And so then she amps it up and says it louder, harder, whatever you want to call it. And the son's like, this is so not fair, really being this is not loving. And so his defiance kicks up and you just go around and that's why it's called the family crazy cycle. So, and and a lot of times it's, it's not... Not so much that, because mom's saying, he disrespects me. Son's not sitting there going, I'm going to disrespect my mom. The attitude is motivated by him feeling, I'm not being loved. I'm not being appreciated. This isn't fair. So a lot of times, the, the, the intention versus the interpretation is very different. And so these are uh, some things that just to uh, have in mind and a couple things with that. Uh, I think, is there another? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that's a nutshell approach, a uh, nutshell of things. And again, it's just that, that God's given us a victory, and the major battleground is in your own negative self-talk and what you're thinking. Actually, can you go to the, the RTF one, please, on eight, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, so those are the avenues. 
combination of different things can be at work from them, but those a lot of times that's the, the very root of these strongholds that we're, we're talking about. Um, and I have a, um, if we could have the prayer team come up, and just have a couple minutes if you want to come up just for prayer, just uh, have somebody agree with you. And a lot of times the strongholds, it just takes a little bit of a process, but we definitely want to be able to agree with you and stand with you in prayer on that. You know, the prayer, a couple of prayer people come up, please, just to be available. <laughs> and just while we'll be here for a few minutes, and then while that's, can you play that uh, video thing? This was another one. I showed uh, this with uh, last night for Hope Night. Um, again, just, just trying to uh, let God be God in difficult situations and circumstances. And so I came across this uh, video, and we'll display this just to you know, let God work and flow the last few minutes here. Thank you. <laughs> 